Welcome back to the Effective Ministry Podcast, where we at YouthWorks want to help you have an effective youth and children's ministry in your local church. My name is Tim Bealharts, Children's Ministry Advisor at YouthWorks, and I'm here again with Emery Rivers, also a Children's Ministry Advisor at YouthWorks. How are you today, Emery? Going well, thanks, Tim. Excellent. Now, this episode we have for you today, it's a bit of a throwback episode, actually. It was recorded mm-hmm. in December 2020 at the end of Sydney's first season of COVID lockdowns. Um, it was recorded by Al James. He has a conversation with Suz Gorham and Josie Allen about about young people and mental health. And this was recorded under the Discipleship Under the Crown version of this podcast before it got rebranded as the Effective Ministry podcast. But for some reason, uh, this episode never got released. And so we thought having just followed up Trinette Stanley's conversation last episode with young people and mental health, this would be a great opportunity to release this episode and have it communicate what did we learn about young people's mental health particularly during the COVID lockdown. Now, I don't know about you, Emery, but to me, listening to this episode felt like a bizarre time capsule back into a world a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, that's right. It really was a bit of a flashback, really, to to those times and, and all the stuff that was going on then for so many of us. It can be a bit hard to listen to that, to be reminded of that time, because it was for some of us, it was a really challenging time and there were consequences to that the amount of work and effort and the emotional energy that got poured into keeping things going and caring for people during that time so I think it can be a little bit challenging for some of us to remember that time and I think you know it's a good opportunity if if those feelings come up when you're listening to this to to talk to somebody about it it might be you know it's been a while since we were in lockdown but if you feel like those uh, unresolved issues then it's a, it's a good time to talk about it, to maybe spend some time writing in your journal if you keep one or talking to a trusted close friend or even to a counsellor or psychologist just about how you've dealt with that and processed that. And for some people, it might just be helpful just to skip through a little bit of the first half of this podcast, um, this conversation, because it really does bring back a lot of memories, um, some of which m- might not be good or helpful for everyone. But don't skip the whole thing because there's really good stuff, really good observations and practical suggestions about caring for people as we go through things like this and thinking about um, being good leaders and and helping those with mental health issues. Yeah, I think one of the really helpful things that is drawn out uh, in this conversation is the trigger points. What would we notice as Mm. youth and children's leaders um, as we're interacting with our young people that might be going through significant issues and also the really helpful comment in there about uh, listening out for what's happening at home. Uh, Home is often a place where mental health uh, or mental ill health first manifests itself because of the pressures that came up and again COVID was a particularly stressful point as lots of people were in their homes and what that meant in terms of relationships and added stress and so that's one thing to listen out for is how to be observing what's going on and also to be recognizing that uh, a lot of the stress that our young people carry into our ministries is coming from external sources um, that are very close to them including their households one of the other things that comes out in the episode which is really worthwhile is the link between mental health and faith did you have some thoughts on that Emery? yeah I think there's a really helpful conversation actually around that whole issue of what's the overlap like there seems to be some kind of overlap between people who have faith and those with mental illness 
And it's like there's so much potential misunderstanding there that's really helpful to explore it a little bit because I think as Al points out in the discussion, we are whole people. So we can't just neatly categorise our faith in one section and and our mental health or ill health in another. And it's just helpful to clarify some things like just because we are people of faith doesn't mean we're immune to mental health problems. Also, having a mental illness doesn't mean that you have weak faith. Those things are not related in the same way. Mm. And even though there might be overlap in the sense of you might be going downhill spiritually and also going downhill in terms of your mental health, they're not the same thing. As is rightly pointed out as well, our faith does help us navigate mental illness and and helping each other and learning how to think about it in a way that is helpful and true and holds on to the truth that we know that despite how we feel god is still good and we still want to be seeking to love and accept and welcome others whether they're mentally healthy or not so i think yeah there's lots of good stuff to explore here yeah there's a lot of really healthy connections between our spirituality and our mental health but as you say there's not a direct correlation between those two in the sense that when we're going well spiritually we automatically are going well mentally and and vice versa and that's Mm. really important to hold on to as we think about uh, mental health and the emotions of young people it's a good time also to remember that house conference is coming up at the end of august Um, House Conference is the theological um, as well as practical conference for youth and children's ministers. We dig deep into a theological topic and this year is all about the emotions, discipling the emotions of young people. And then we take that theology and we dig it deep into practice. What do we do with that in our ministries? This year we've got the Reverend Dr. Keith Condy speaking to us. He's the co-director of Mental Health and Pastoral Care Institute at Mary Andrews College. And Keith is going to be exploring the connection between emotions and behavior. And he's particularly going to be looking at the historical theological perspective and help us to understand that and the so what of that. And then Dr. Kamina Wurst, uh, she is an Old Testament scholar and she'll be delving into the book of Song of Songs and helping us think about how we can disciple the passions of our young people towards God. So House Conference is the 29th to the 31st of August down in the southern suburbs of Sydney at our port hacking sites. You can find more at youthworks.net and go to the events tab at the top of the page. But now sit back and enjoy, take some notes on young mental health, young people's mental health with Suz Gorham and Josie Allen and Al James. Today we're joined by Suz Gorham and Josie Allen and we're going to be talking about mental health uh, and thinking about that in the context of COVID and what we've seen over the last year um, and also thinking about how we can help point people to Christ in the context of mental health, help young people deal with mental health issues uh, in the context of pointing them to Christ. Uh, Welcome guys. Good morning. Um, uh, I just want to spend some time introducing you first. So, Suz, um, you are a police chaplain. You've been involved in youth ministry and mentoring for a long, long time. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you have been doing over the last 25 years, what you're doing now? Yeah, sure. Well, um, I've been involved in youth ministry and mentoring young people for, as you say, 25 years. Um, and I began my career as a teacher, so I've always come from a, an educational context. Uh, then I went into parish ministry um, after I'd done some theological training and, and had my children and worked in a couple of churches in Sydney's North Shore uh, in young people's ministry and women's ministry. 
And then I moved uh, back into the educational context of school chaplaincy, uh, where I looked after um, the Christian education program and pastoral care of kids from kindergarten to year 12 for a number of years. And now currently I work uh, as a chaplain with New South Wales Police, looking after their specialist commands. And you've got a lot of experience uh, when it comes to mental health uh, kind of things. I I know that uh, I was at a conference where you presented on mental health in young people. Um, Tell us about some of your experience in in, in that arena. Mental health starts at home. And so there are members of my family who've struggled with mental health issues for, for all of their lives. Uh, obviously, in a school context, you have um, young people who are managing um, depression and anxiety um, and, and other psychological disorders. Uh, so the care of them has been a priority for me. Um, and therefore, learning about mental health and mental well-being um, has become um, really important to me in, in the ministry work that I do and just in the the pastoral care of others, uh, whether that be at church, at work, or in my own family. I can imagine in the in the police kind of world, you're dealing with a lot of trauma. Um, you're dealing with a lot of difficult issues in that kind of arena. Um, Josie, you are a ministry intern at MBM Rudy Hill Multicultural Bible Ministry at Rudy Hill, which is an Anglican church in uh, the Sydney Diocese. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do with yourself in that role. Yeah, it's a uh, mixed role, but a good part of my week is spent on youth. Um, So that's involved. I'm leading a group of year 12 girls. I've been leading them for quite a few years now. And I also am involved on a core team level with youth groups. So overseeing a lot of our community, our welcoming, making youth a safe space for all people. And I imagine uh, having been involved in youth for for quite a while, you would have had experience kind of seeing and dealing with mental health issues as well. Yeah, I think anytime you're involved in pastoring and discipling girls, uh, yeah, youth girls, you're going to see the impacts of mental health and how that interacts with their spiritual health as well. Uh, that's brilliant. And, and uh, I mean, the hope that we have today for today's podcast is kind of bringing to bear some of the kind of uh, broad ranging experience that Suz has and, uh, and the experience that Josie has in a sort of local setting at this moment. Um, and to kind of bring that to bear on what we might be able to be, be able to do in youth ministry to help young people uh, to, uh, to deal with this and to be pointed to Jesus in, in, in this as well. Um, so it's brilliant to have you guys with us. Um, bearing in mind also that this is a global pandemic, it feels like we're sort of, I don't know, uh, getting over the edge of it uh, when it comes to um, what's happening in Sydney. I think it, it's 20 days today, I think, uh, without any local transmission. Uh, you know, restrictions are gradually easing, that kind of thing. Um, but it is a global pandemic. It's had, you know, broad ranging kind of impacts on us. Uh, what's it been like for you over the last year now? Yeah, I guess um, for, for me, being an essential worker, that's what we're called. You know, work has been the same. Um, there's still people that need to be cared for and supported um, amongst the police force and emergency services. So that that kind of stayed the same. But what I really missed was uh, church. Um, it was kind of nice to sit down on the couch with my teenage kids and watch church with them um, because we go to different services normally. Um, but ha- having that personal engagement with people face-to-face um, I think is so important and even things like singing together in church that's that's something that all of my family really misses um 
all being quite musical people, to sit there in the pew and, and be served by a couple of singers at the front and the band at the front, which, which is lovely and we're very thankful for that. But I think joining in that type of communal worship and eating meals together and um, just enjoying company um, without being socially distanced, I really miss, miss all of that, I think. That's affected me. And then in terms of church returning, um, working at what does that look like for us going back to church and um, how can we serve in this different environment uh, because at the moment a lot of the staff are doing the the um, upfront ministry, uh, you know, in aid of social distancing. So working out how can we still be a part of, of this church family um, and love and serve each other. Yeah, I think I found especially the biggest lockdown times quite challenging um, being, I mean, it affects my role as a ministry apprentice quite a lot. Uh, Ministry is people and it was very hard to do people work when we weren't allowed to see people. Um, So I found that really hard, like feeling quite, um, I don't know, that I couldn't really do my job and I wasn't doing very well at it. That was really hard. And then I guess the combination of that with feeling very isolated from friends and normal life, uh, I like routine. And so without all of that, everything was quite uncertain. yeah, it's been a real joy as things have started lifting, being able to see people and be at church and be in community. Do you think it's important for children and young people to lay a strong foundation of faith? Well, we do too. Hi, I'm Andy Stevenson and I'm the head of the ministry support team and SRE office here at YouthWorks. SRE provides an opportunity for children from Christian families, from the occasional churchgoers, to those kids who've never even heard the name of Jesus before or read the Bible, to come to school, to be in SRE classes, to explore the Christian faith, to discuss big ideas, to hopefully build a firm foundation of faith. You can partner with us in this mission. You can play your part, your tax-deductible gift today will help this ministry to continue now and into the future. So thank you. Thank you for your support. We're going to dive into the topic of mental health. Um, and so I want to ask you first, um, you, you know, we've, we've experienced globally a fairly major, or well, fairly major, this has been a major disruption to life. It's had uh, impact in terms of health, in terms of uh, deaths overseas and, over, and here as well, um, changed society, the fabric of society. Um, can we expect there to be mental health outcomes from this? Look, I think it will be, ongoing for our young people and and I think it will flow over into their adulthood as well Um, because really the 12 months even before COVID we had this massive bushfire season followed by flooding in New South Wales um, and and then COVID and so everybody was already on edge I think from from just worrying and and that kind of underlying generalised anxiety about what's going on in our environment and in our families Um, and then it was all kind of exacerbated by the restrictions that we've we've faced and the social distancing, um, which I wish they'd called physical distancing, not social distancing, but that's what the government called it at the time. The mask wearing, avoid public transport, um, don't go to school, um, learning online, learning from home, like all of these things have just fostered a, a, a just a this underlying anxiety that that affects um, all people. 
but uh, especially young people, because we know that young people struggle with, with that anyway. Um, the majority of them at some point in their life are struggling with mental illness. Um, I think particularly for our Year 12 kids, that that's been very tough for them trying to navigate um, this year through COVID. Uh, and so what I anticipate is once HSC results come out, that there might be an, another kind of wave amongst that age group of um, uh, disappointment, uncertainty um, and, and general concern about their future. Um, and look, I think most people would colloquially say that young people spend too much time on their phones and on technology. Uh, and then of course, with COVID, that became the absolute norm because their learning was online, um, their social life was online. Um, and, you know, we know the impact technology has um, on, on young people and on their development. I have a love-hate relationship with social media. I think it's great for, for making connections and, and um, making new friends. But we also know the research says the opposite, that the use of social media uh, increases feelings of isolation, of loneliness, um, of uh, body image issues amongst young women. And also they're on social media platforms that are not well regulated. Uh, young people are exposed to a whole lot of things that do affect their wellbeing, whether that's targeted advertising, whether it's um, inappropriate material, or, or the big thing that's been circulating at the moment is hate speech on platforms like TikTok, uh, where kids just engage in hate speech and then that becomes their, their norm of the way they speak to and about people um, in real life. The e-safety the e commissioner uh, has also released statistics about cyberbullying. So cyberbullying has significantly increased. Prolonged exposure to the stress as a result of that can actually um, inhibit brain development and yeah. organ development in yeah. young people yeah. and that has a flow and effect for their adult life. And I'm sure, Saz, I'm sure that there are people who have been studying this, you know, the impacts. Um, have you got any information about that? Yeah, well, uh, the eSafety Commissioner, uh, and you can look at their website, um, they have released several reports about the impact of COVID uh, in online activity um, and particularly the increase of cyberbullying um, amongst young people and you know, the, the impact of that on their well-being is actually quite significant because when people are subjected to, to stress from, from bullying in particular, um, it can inhibit uh, their brain development uh, as well as their physical development uh, and that has a flow-on effect to their well-being into adulthood mm -hmm. um, with the increase of stress-related diseases um, and depression and anxiety. So that's something that we need to be aware of and watch for amongst our young people um, and equip them to, to manage cyberbullying um, and to not partake in it themselves. Um, so I, I, what I'm hearing you say is that there are certainly some direct lines from, from certain things that have been brought on by COVID or exacerbated by COVID to kind of poor mental health outcomes. Um, but I imagine it's not always the case that there are direct lines in that way. Um, here's a story that, that I heard recently of, of a school that just in the last sort of uh, the last weeks of school behavior issues have been um, a real problem more than usual at this time. You know, obviously kids are fraying at the edges anyway, but this year's been worse. Um, teachers are more tired and so on. Um, my hunch is that it's worse this year because of COVID. Do you reckon there's any legs to that theory that there's a general thing there will be impact going on from here as well? 
Absolutely, because uh, online life means that you lose your people skills. Uh, it means that you lose um, respect for others and uh, respect for authority because in your online world, you're your own boss um, to a degree, even with parental controls. Um, and so I absolutely agree with that theory. Um, and in terms of mental health, what we do know is that there's been um, a 31% increase in young people uh age 14 to 24, presenting at emergency departments with uh, self-harm uh, and suicidal ideation. And that's quite an alarming statistic. Mm. But, but it's good in the sense that people are reaching out for help, which they may not have before. Um, and I think that may well be as a consequence of uh, a better understanding of mental health issues across the board and education at school. And if that stat is 31% presenting, you'd expect there to be more that aren't presenting as well. That's very significant. Um, and, uh, and quite sad. Josie, you know, we've heard from SARS that there, there are direct lines, there are indirect lines, there are all these impacts going on. Is this something that's rung true for you in the kind of local youth ministry context or what you're seeing around the place? Yeah, yeah. I think we've definitely seen, unfortunately, there have been cases of cyberbullying amongst our youth um, and that has, you often don't know exactly what's happened, but you see the impact of kids not turning up to youth group because they're not feeling safe or uh, part of their community um, or really distracted during a Bible study. Um, yeah, I think that flow and effect of like behaviour just is very different. Um, and I think it's a result of that really uncertain feeling. They come and it's it might be a safe space for them uh, and they just go wild. Um, yeah, and definitely like I think... I've just in chatting with some of the girls that I lead, there's been much higher levels of anxiety. Kids were like just feeling really unsafe to be out in public or on public transport uh, in, yeah, in a much greater way than they would have pre-COVID. From a what's going on out there kind of point of view, it's, it's not like people are being more dangerous or that kind of thing, but there is just that level of anxiety, isn't there? What do you think are going to be some of the most prevalent sort of presenting issues that we will see? What, what's the evidence going to be that a young person in our care might be experiencing um, some mental ill health um, I issues. I mean, at one level, everybody is going to be experiencing mental, mental health issues with this, but some of the more serious things that we need to be on the lookout for, what, how might that manifest um, as we do youth ministry, as, as we engage with young people? I think in ministry, leaders and youth ministers and, and other pe older people in church that, that mentor young people just need to be very aware of uh, societal changes. Um, again, a, a disturbing statistic that has come out from um, the, the AIFC is that in a survey of 15,000 Australian women um, during COVID, nearly one in 10 had experienced domestic violence, mm -hmm. whether that be physical or otherwise. And out of that one in 10, 33% of them, it was the first time that they've ever experienced. So, so we've got to remember that our young people are potentially in um, these difficult situations at home mm. and that will, whether they're directly or indirectly involved, it, it will likely have an effect on, on their own wellbeing. Um, so just being aware of those, those stresses and those, those drives of stress in homes, particularly things like unemployment, um, the closure of electricity, surgery, which means that people are, are in pain or in difficulty when they 
would have just had that fixed before, um, mortgage stress, all of those associated issues that our young people live in those homes where this is happening. So as youth ministers being aware of that and being um, regularly in touch with our young people so that we can just make sure that they're doing okay in all of this. Mm-hmm. I think the other big issue is that we know that the ages 14 to 17 are key years for faith formation um, and for steadfastness in faith that lasts the rest of life. Mm-hmm. And so I think from a ministry perspective, this has been a very challenging year because um, young people have been so disengaged from from youth group and church. And there's been a lot of great online stuff that's that's happened. And I know Josie can, can speak to that, um, for what they've done here at NBM. We will need to have a very proactive ministry to kind of recapture and reignite um, faith in young people and the, the joy of meeting together. Um, and that's, that is still difficult while there's limits on numbers and space on eating together, on singing, on playing games, all those communal things that young people love doing together. Um, so I think we're going to yeah, have to work really hard to kind of build that up again over time. And then this will have a direct flow on effect to the well-being of our youth leaders and our youth ministers because of the concerted effort this this takes and by God's grace with his help and his strength um, you know we can do this but we need to actually keep an eye on our youth leaders that they're not heading towards burnout um, in in this proactive type of care and it's a different type of care to what they 12 months ago were doing for youth and and just on that point YouthWorks has just undertaken research and the results have shown that the the number one re, uh, response of how youth workers are feeling is exhausted and there was a whole bunch of other kind of a raft of both positive and negative feelings but but exhausted was the the big one hopeful was the second biggest um at the same time which is really interesting but yet i think that that individual well-being is going to be really important for our our teams and our youth leaders and our youth workers Um, the other thing that was really interesting in that report was that um spiritual well-being of of a youth worker um, was highly correlated to to good outcomes in terms of spiritual growth for young people as well. And, and it reminds us that we've got to be careful that we don't, in churches and in our theology of church, silo youth ministry mm. as, as its own little operation because, um, yes, we've got youth leaders caring for younger people, but we need people, older people caring for the, the youth workers and older members in the ministry team caring for those who are leading ministry. Um, and so we can't, we've got to just be really aware that we're not just going leaving youth to itself. It's actually part of, it's just a segment of a whole community um, that needs to, to grow together. Um, and that's why I think, you know, the, the whole process of mentoring and caring for our leaders is, is essential. Well, with that encouragement to engage all generations in the mentoring and discipleship of young people, we are going to press pause on this discussion until next week. Make sure you have subscribed to the Effective Ministry podcast on your favourite platform and we'll be in your ears next week where Al, Suze and Josie will pick up this conversation and talk about what the indicators are of mental ill health in young people how we as youth and children's ministers can best care for them and how to know when to refer on to more professional care. The Effective Ministry podcast is a production of YouthWorks in Sydney. We want to see effective youth and children's ministry in every church. 
And one of the ways that you can help us do that is by letting people know about this podcast in all the usual ways like comment, share and review on your favorite social media and podcasting platform. If you've got comments, thoughts or questions for this podcast, you can email us at effectiveministrypodcast at youthworks.net and also check out youthworks.net for other ways that YouthWorks can help you have an effective youth and children's ministry in your church.